Hey, Sean. Yes. You've moved a few times in your life, right? Yep. Don't you hate when you move and you're slowly unpacking things and you, you just move stuff to the side and you'll get to it later. And then you find out months later that something is damaged beyond easy repair. Yeah, I've had that happen before. Yeah, so I uh, have a party speaker, like a Sony party speaker. It's got like a big freaking flashing light on the front and uh, plays Very 2005. CDs. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty great, but it's great for outdoor stuff. So I was just moving it and I noticed that the audio ports on the back were ripped clean off during our move. Oh, that sucks. So I had to, luckily I found a maintenance manual online. So I had to completely disassemble the whole thing and then try and find replacement parts. So I got to see if I can fix this whole motherboard for this thing. It's so frustrating because I just wanted to party hardy this uh, past long weekend, but I couldn't. Well, but you know you where we out. are going to party? <laughs> Do you know where we are going to party hardy? Where's that? On this episode of the Seen on Screen podcast. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the Scene on Screen podcast where I have to gleefully hold in my excitement for the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Why do you have to hold your excitement in? Uh, Because I just loved it so, so much. And I can't remember if you finished it or not. Yeah, we watched it. Oh, and uh, she who shall not be named didn't fall asleep the second time. Um, Actually, she slept for like three hours before so that she was (laughs) awake during the entire movie. Makes sense. Take your nap before a kid's movie. Right. Uh, Movie was great. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Sean and I are actually going to probably watch it again. Maybe do that Disney. What is that? That Disney share viewing thing that they have on Disney Plus, like a yeah. watch party. And then we're gonna we're gonna try and comb through that movie and find all of the references and stuff like that. Actually, you know what? That reminds me. Um, let's talk a little bit about spoilers. Okay, why? What remember? happened? <laughs> do you remember? I I told you this. So. Is it a spoiler for a movie if you mention a background character or something that happens in the background of the movie? Um, yes or no. Why? Did I spoil something for you? No, not you. Um, our resident DC oh, no. super fanboy. Oh, no. Uh, within, within, I would say... I don't know, three hours of the movie being released. Like, I don't know, last Friday when the Chippendale movie released on Disney Plus, I didn't get a chance to watch it right away because she who shall not be named fell asleep instantaneously when I started the movie the first time. Uh, But this person posted a screenshot. And okay, for people who have not seen the movie, I'm going to just say fast forward this episode. Five minutes, 45, 45 seconds. That's starting starting now. So this person uh, posted a screenshot of 
the Sonic the Hedgehog from like the uh, the original movie design and a comment saying like, oh, it was the best part of his favorite part of the movie and all the blah, blah, blah. They made fun of it. And I said, spoilers, dude, the movie just came out. And his response was something along the lines of, oh, it's a background character and he doesn't have uh, any like significant part in the movie. Uh, well, he was a huge, huge part in the movie, like for not like major plot points, but the fact that they made some extended jokes and it just continued on multiple times with him in that movie. I'm like, this is a huge spoiler just because he's a background character or a secondary character that they used to be the butt of a joke doesn't mean that it's not a spoiler because a movie like that a lot of what makes it great is the background stuff, like the added characters from different series and different movies and different things that that uh, you see. Because really, like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, the the movie is about all of these cartoons and movie characters and stuff like that in the future, right? Like post, I don't know, post uh, premium time of their lives, so to speak, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like Ready Player One, you know, like how that movie has so many pop culture references in it that they they don't play such a huge role necessarily as much as I would say some of the characters and stuff like that in Rescue Rangers does. But if you're someone who has grew up watching these shows and playing these games and stuff like that, seeing those things in the movie and seeing them kind of come to life in a different uh, different way than we're used to i think that's a huge spoiler right because that's what makes these movies great is well that's what drew us in on the trailers right the story was just one part of the overall movie because it, it wasn't a movie these, it was an experience well that's the thing like all these other things in the background and the foreground and like characters that they interact with that like a, a, a car in the background that has no real point to the film that's still part of the experience and for someone who enjoyed whatever say movie or video game that that came from you know like that's that's something that you're watching there and well it's like the uh the uh leonardo dicaprio meme from uh oh yeah i sent you that the, i was like yeah. this was me the entire movie <laughs> right it's just like pointing out things right and that's so i was so annoyed after I watched the movie, I wanted to go back to our DC fanboy and say like, hey, dude, that's like actually a pretty major part, but it's not worth that argument because, you know, people like that, you can't really argue with because they, they don't see the errors in their ways. But guaranteed that if someone else like had had uh, done the same to them, they probably would have flipped their shit. So so let's end the conversation on Rescue Rangers right now, because I think I want to do a full episode on the rescue rangers like break it down kind of not frame by frame but we'll go through the movie and we'll just talk about some of the things that we're seeing experiencing and enjoying but let's let the internet enjoy it for a little bit first oh yeah for sure if you are a nostalgia nut or a pop culture nut um it's amazing and it's the multiverse of madness we actually wanted not the one we got okay i haven't seen i haven't seen dr strange yet (laughs) I know I'm respectful, you, but did I, you I, notice that I did only say the 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 name of the specific character once, and you're all like, I "Oh, I did didn't even notice? hear you say it." 
Exactly. Mic drop. All right, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> Nothing else of importance, clearly. No. Um, do you want to do Thor Love and Thunder trailer? Uh, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it uh, it was debuted in an NBA playoff game, and I'm not going to lie. I think this is the end of the road for Thor Odinson. I think so. I think uh, the way I that the trailer... I think the way that the trailer presented itself is that they're passing the torch or passing the hammer onto Lady Thor. But if it's anything like the comments, she has to, or comments, comics, she has to stay Lady Thor because the uh, every time she turns into Thor, her chemotherapy goes back to the beginning. Now, does crazy. she have cancer in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? We don't know. See, that's the thing is like they could they could just ignore that whole part of Mary Jane Watson. Is that her name? Jane Foster. No, Jane Foster. Mary Jane. <laughs> Who's Mary Jane Watson from? That's Spider-Man. Speederman. Yeah. Um, they could just ignore that aspect of her character arc in the comics and just ignore it completely. Uh, they're too ca- like they they follow too many things by canon, unlike a, I, another company that's out there. Yeah, um, but the, the, that's the thing is like it'll be kind of weird because they haven't men- mentioned it at all in any of previous movies or or whatnot that uh, Jane Foster has cancer, right? So there's no lead up to it. So it'd be kind of weird. She pops out of nowhere. He hasn't seen her in four years and she's like, Oh yeah, I got breast cancer. Uh, but I'm now Thor. <laughs> That's my Jane yeah, Foster. <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be portrayed. I don't like, I didn't read a lot of Thor. I kind of didn't like Thor when I was a kid. So I don't know. I guess, I guess we shall see uh, the overall look of the movie. Like it looks a lot better than, the kitschy movie that the trailers that we saw a few weeks ago mm-hmm. were kind of portraying. So that's good. It looks like it's like a, I don't know, one of those movies that you would you would see like a coming of age film, like this kid down and out on their luck. He's fat, got no friends, and eventually he decides to turn his life around. He loses weight. And becomes the star football player. Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. This is the story of how one man, against all odds, became Thor, god of thunder. Asterix. I'm starting <laughs> to wonder what you do at home in in friggin' bumfuck nowhere. Man, I got you nothing to do. You sit in front of okay? your mirror and you're like, all right, you have a list. You're like, all right, it's Wednesday. That means I'm making Big Bird an action movie. And go. (laughs) One nest, one Elmo. Elmo, one nest, one egg. And hatching from that egg is the largest bird ever to grace Sesame Street. This summer, join Elmo and friends as they find out who the real parents of Big Bird is in... (laughs) (laughs) follow that bird there's actually a sesame street movie called like follow that bird or something like that well early impressions for me for thor is i still want to see it 
he's a core Avenger and the Avengers are going to be no more very clearly. Yeah. I think they're slowly writing out the, like not including um, Captain Underpants or no, sorry, Captain America um, <laughs> and Iron Man. Cause they've, their story arcs are done. Yeah, Captain America is clearly going to come back. Well, he's coming back as Marvel's phase four is failing. Let's make another Captain America movie, right? Let's make a prequel prequel with Falcon (laughs) losing the birth of Captain America. No, Captain is episode one already. No, it's going to be Captain America Falcon, and he's going to fight Steve Rogers to become Captain America again. So then he'll be Captain America Falcon, Captain America. And it'll be like this very big thing. And then Bucky's going to be there. And then Steve's going to be like, I can't fight. Not with Bucky here. I would rather retire with him on my own. And that's my Steve Rogers as a, a grizzled vet. Yeah. Um, it I, is what it I is. Think, I, think, I think they're, I think they're writing out or, or ending the story arcs for the main Avengers, either in TV shows or in movies. Right. So I feel like this is the end of Chris Hemmingsworth as Thor. I'd agree. In any, in any main series films, even though he has mentioned he would be fine with playing Thor forever. Um, and same with, um, I think with the third movie with what's his name? Chris Pratt. So cool. Yeah. I think the third guardians movie is going to write them out of these, the cinematic universe because, wasn't it Dave Batista not continuing on his role as Drax the yeah. Destroyer? Yeah, so he's gonna finish. I think he dies in Guardians because he was so mad that James Gunn was fired. He's like, "Kill me! I don't want to be in this anymore." Yeah. So, um, and I think partly maybe Chris Pratt's uh, reputation is becoming like overdone you know what i mean like people well, aren't he has jurassic to... world coming out too right i know but people aren't really excited to see movies with him anymore you know what i mean like when he first came on the scene with or like i guess outside after parks and rec you know it was a big thing because he did guardians he did jurassic world and he was doing uh like he was becoming this big new action star yeah and then he was just in everything right uh, it's kind of like how The Rock, when he got out of wrestling, Dwayne Johnson, he did all of these movies, and now he's just gotten into, and we've discussed this at length. He, Dwayne Johnson is more stuck in the, I'm going to make movies that I know are going to make millions of dollars. Whereas uh, Chris, what's his name? God damn it. Um, you know. He's so cool. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt is kind of, I think his welcome is over, right? Because he's not really offering anything different. He's still playing the same kind of character that's, you know, against all odds is able to overcome whatever it is. And he's good at everything kind of thing. And he's kind of funny, right? He he has upset a lot of people too. So that's a thing. This is true. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they do Thor. And I think they, they had to reinvent the wheel with Thor um, Ragnarok, right? Because after Thor two, that movie was trash and they clearly had a plan for the Thor character to, and to 
go into all of these other things, right? Um, so they had to reinvent the the way that they do Thor movies, and they hit it out of the park with Thor Ragnarok. And I'm getting the same vibes with Thor Love and Thunder. Hell, even the title, right? Like all of the 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 animation for the title sequences and all of that stuff. It still has that like eighties retro feel to it. Right. Yeah. And they did. with. I I think it's going to be kind of like a, the, the villain looks really cool. The God butcher. I think he'll be Gore, the God butcher. Like what a cool and unoriginal original name. I know, but that I, I really hope, I really hope that this character, it continues on. See, I don't think I honestly, and what we'll see after Thor and after you see Doctor Strange, I feel as if that there is um, limited direction as to what's going on in the MCU right now. Mm-hmm. I think Feige's fishing. As much as I like the MCU and I like a lot of the movies that they do, I just I don't feel that same comfort that I had in the first three. And a lot and of I think is like you need a law degree to figure out what's going on in each movie. Well, I think also part of the problem is that because they ended with Avengers Endgame, right? That was the la- that was the second Avengers. Yep. Yeah. So because they ended that chapter with that, and that was what ten years in the making. Yeah. Right. So because we grew up, and I use that term loosely, but like we spent most of our twenties watching these Marvel movies and they, they, at the time they were all new. Everyone was something different and each one connected to the next movie. Right. And you, they were introducing new characters that we hadn't seen on screen before. Right. So now that that's done, it's like, like you said, there's really no direction. You know, the TV shows are kind of all over the place. We don't really know how they connect to each other. Like uh, Moon Knight, we don't know how that connects into the bigger picture of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, is that a character that's doomed to stick with TV shows? We don't Bring know. Like on it, Midnight Suns, um, you know, and and so all of the characters that we were excited to go to the movies to see, we don't really know what the plan is now. Yeah, I know Marvel has released a roadmap of stuff. But a lot of that includes TV shows, right? And sure, TV shows, we get more we get more content overall because we get, say, six 45-minute episodes. Sure, much longer than a movie. But at the same time, and we've discussed this before, a lot of these TV shows, they have to drag out the story to fill in those six episodes. Whereas in a movie, sure, like a lot of times, like they, they cut to the chase. A lot, you know, whether it be with uh, introducing a new superhero and how they get their superpowers and then they become great at their jobs and defeating the bad guy all within the span of like two and a half hours. Right. But the production budget's generally much higher for a a feature film because uh, a, a TV show with six hours of content and six episodes Right. Well, you have the same budget maybe for the movie as the TV show, but you're spreading that over a lot more content. Right. So it's not as it's not as refined. So with the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, we don't really know where it's going. 
um, kind of like Star Wars, right? Like we don't really know where Star Wars is going either. Do you want to um, hold off on Obi-Wan for a minute? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to get right into to Obi-Wan, but that's I think that's a problem that Disney in itself is in is that their two biggest franchises, they don't really have a set direction on what's going on with it. Now, I know that there hasn't been a lot of talks about cancellations or delays with the Marvel movies, or at least I haven't heard anything recently. Um, but I know like with Star Wars, there's been a huge number of delays and cancellations for movies and TV shows and changing of writers and directors and stuff like that. It's a big mess. And I think Disney owns these two billion dollar companies, these billion dollar industries, and they don't really know what to do with it. They just are doing making stuff to try and make money, right? I think when it comes to Star Wars, they just have the wrong person in charge. And when it comes to Marvel, I think they bit off a little bit more than they could chew. They're about five years ahead of where they should be because they're trying to get that money. Um, They're trying to explore different avenues. And I, I was talking to somebody, actually it was my other half, who brought up this point, which I, I had arguments for both sides, but she's like, when you go to a Marvel movie now, you're expected to know kind of everything that's happened beforehand and it's behind a paywall. But the last two movies we went to had nothing to do with the last two series we watched, only the main films. Now, I'm not going to spoil Doctor Strange for you because that would be rude. But Moon Knight had literally no implication whatsoever on Doctor Strange. And it ended the day before Doctor Strange was released worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go look at Hawkeye, same thing happened. The only comparable was the fact that there was a Captain uh, or Captain Rogers musical border uh, billboard, and some of it happened at Christmas. That was it. Right. So the argument of the paywall is Disney+. Plus. However, if you aren't going to go pay to see the movie, you're not ever really seeing it for free because you pay for your cable, you pay for your Netflix, you pay for your Disney+. Plus. If you don't want to pay for Disney+, Plus, you probably won't see any of these movies unless you purchase them. So there's like everything is going to always be hidden behind a paywall to some degree. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at the the specific argument to preparing for these movies to come out, I think what Disney's done, well, in theory, great, because they're driving up subscriptions to their own service. WandaVision was the only series out of everything that had any implication whatsoever on Doctor Strange. You can argue Loki for like a hot minute at the very end. You all know what I'm talking about. But even that was a a stretch, right? Because it didn't do... They just explained that the multiverse existed. Exactly, right? There wasn't anything because they mentioned the multiverse in Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, and it was like all theoretical and it was all fake <laughs> in Far From Home. Mm-hmm. So that that's what, like, I think Marvel's still on the right path. They are just, I think they have too many projects on the go right now. Like She-Hulk as an example and Daredevil the rebooting and possibly Jessica Jones. So much stuff. Mm-hmm. A Defenders movie would be incredible if you recast Iron Fist and a bunch of other stuff. Star Wars, on the other hand, has hit this wall where they're like, we need to do something different. Hey, Marvel, what director can revive our product? Not saying that Star Wars is dead. I'm just saying, unless Favreau or Fellini have anything to do with the project, 
it's likely going to be a little bit of a dead ski poo. Mm-hmm. They they've had quite a few blunders since Disney purchased Lucasfilm, and that's not necessarily on the House of Mouse. That is on the person who is running the show, mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? Oh, now what? I have to click that. Now I have to click that explicit button on the uh, <laughs> the upload for the show. And I've been no, doing so much true. better with the swearing. It's true though, because you know, with when Disney bought Lucasfilm, there is a lot of concerns over what House of Mouse was going to do with it. And right off the bat, with the sequel trilogy, it was a mess. Because they didn't have a coherent story. They're writing a trilogy, one movie at a time. Right? And I'm not saying that George Lucas, when he wrote Star Wars Episode Four, like when he wrote A New Hope, if he had the total game plan, the roadmap set out for episodes one through six. Right? But George Lucas is the one that created this universe, and he understands it. And he he is a visionary for creating this stuff right and uh and dave fellini he kind of like took him under um took him under his wing and dave fellini is more like the successor to george lucas now right like and i can see him becoming the next george lucas um but when house of mouse bought lucasfilm they didn't really have a plan they just had a desire to make three new movies and then a whole bunch of other stuff so they needed to have a coherent story that would span three movies. So the problem is, is that they had JJ Abrams write and direct the first one. And then they let Ryan Johnson write and direct the second one. And he took it in a completely different direction. And it that something like that would have been better as a standalone movie with different characters and, and kind of like a different take on the rebellion or the, uh, I'm just you keep calling it the rebellion, the rebellion versus the empire kind of thing. And then because people hated that so much and he did so much to change what made Star Wars great, then they brought J.J. Abrams back in to retcon that whole movie. And then it was just a mess by the end of it. The best content that we've got out of the Star Wars since Disney purchased it is uh, season seven of Clone Wars, The Mandalorian. Um, a f- three, Boba three Fett ep- season 1.5 three, three episodes of Boba Fett or two episodes of Boba Fett and uh, the Bad Batch right the the movies themselves were very lackluster <laughs> in comparison to what Marvel had done right um, but I don't know it's We'll see, because like there's there's a lot of stuff coming out in the next few years for Star Wars um, that could go all over the place. But like you said, Kathleen Kennedy is in charge of that one, and she hasn't been making the best decisions. But we're kind of talking about Marvel still. <laughs> no, no, no. Marvel, let's let's go. Because I. But I'm just saying, I, Marvel just Marvel right now doesn't really have a plan. I feel like Marvel right now is more like where Lucasfilm was at the beginning of their purchase right like they're just kind of grasping at straws trying to figure out what works best and there was like okay we're gonna try this we're gonna try this we're gonna try this and they haven't figured it out i think they need to stick with movies yeah for marvel yeah the the big thing here 
that I want to like touch on as we make the transition into Ewan McGregor's triumphant return to the television is I don't want you Star Wars super fans like yourself, David, to expect the world and expect the moon and the stars and be delivered sand. I have this. Oh, I'm expecting sand. I have this gut feeling that this is going to be an awful series and they're going to change. They're going to change some things canonically to the point like we we know Fellini tried to fix some of the canon problems that were caused by the movies. And they did that with Luke building his little Jedi temple. And they tried to fix some of that stuff in Boba Fett. The the worst it's probably bottom third for star Wars products for me. And that's saying something. Boba Fett. Yeah. You you can't count the Mandalorian stuff. So if you take Boba Fett as it is, he should have been a 16 minute character. That's it. Oh yeah. And I think they tried to do that in the series, but my, my, my worry and my fear right now is when we get closer and closer to, to this episode, which will be airing when you guys will probably listen to this, um, after you've watched Obi-Wan, I hope I just am expecting such an underwhelming experience. And the fact that we know from the very first movie we ever saw when we were kids that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader had not seen each other. They're going to fight twice. Mm-hmm. Please come like the more stuff that leaks out, the more I'm less excited to watch this every week. I already have like. I don't care that like, I don't want to beat it to spoilers kind of vibes, you know? And yeah, it's not good. And and that's the thing is like, I've heard when, when they said that, you know, Darth Vader and, and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi are going to fight. Um, that was a big topic of conversation on the internet because, you know, there was that line in a new hope saying, you know, the last time we met, um, I was, the Padawan and you were the master and blah, 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 blah. Right. So obviously for that, for that movie line to make sense, they would have had to meet a few times and they have to essentially make Darth Vader right now still be, I don't know, not clumsy because he wasn't, but not as powerful as Darth Vader became. But if you look at any of the comic books, especially, you know, like uh, Darth Vader, Imperial Machine or just the the Vader comic books, those are all canon. Those take place right after uh, Star Wars Episode three. And he is a super powerful Sith Lord. So it's kind of, yeah, like some of those comments and, and I think part of it is they're trying to bring back and bring back Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader and put those two together so that people can kind of feel like nostalgic of like, oh my God, like they're, they're meeting up again. But I honestly think it would be, it would have been just as good and just as powerful if it was this cat and mouse game where Darth Vader knows, like he knows that Obi-Wan Kenobi is still alive. Like he can just feel him sense him in the forest right yeah i feel like it would have been much better if it was this darth vader sending out inquisitors to find obi-wan and then you know what if 
and and find these other Jedi because we know based off of say Rebels that Vader has been hunting down other Jedi, right? So there could very well be that he is just on the hunt for the Jedi and Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of them that he's searching for. Um, and the Inquisitors that do encounter Obi-Nobi Kenobi obviously all have to meet their demise somehow. But yeah. I don't know. It's I, I am... I'm not expecting it to be the greatest thing in the world because of how Boba Fett let us down. Um, Th- that's, excited- that's one thing for sure. Boba Fett let us down. Like, disappointed. Yeah. I'm excited to see, and I think this is the biggest thing, is people are excited to see Ewan McGregor reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hands down, like, he's the most popular Star Wars character. Right. Like he played a huge role in in all of the movies, minus the sequel trilogy. Those don't count. Uh, But the the TV shows, even um, Star Wars Rebels, he played a fairly major part in that that series. Right. So this is a character that everyone knows and loves. And we just wanted to see more of. Um, And obviously they had to add stuff and make it exciting to make it. a six episode TV show, right. To give us six hours of content because otherwise it would just be him watching Anakin from afar. And it would kind of probably get creepy vibes by the end of the sixth episode. <laughs> so right? I had a thought about this and I'm glad you brought this up. Cause you're not the only person thinking about it this way. I think Obi-Wan is going to be kind of like Boba Fett in the sense that they're going to introduce something. And half the story is not going to be about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And like if if we follow the breadcrumbs and the timeline, we might get Cal Castus. We might get Jedi Fallen Order type, type storyline, which could lead into a new series. And we'd be like, Cal mm-hmm. will return, just like Boba Fett will return. But I don't think for a second. How many episodes is it? Six or eight? Uh, I believe it's six episodes. I don't believe for a second that it's going to be 50% Obi-Wan content. I think you're going to get a lot of Darth Vader stuff because a lot of people want Vader. Vader is the coolest character in all of Star Wars. Unless you're talking to me, then it's a a stormtrooper. But when you're looking at it as a whole, I don't think four to six hours of Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be worth it because we've seen like seven seasons of Clone Wars. There's what, three seasons of Rebels or two? There's a movie, Uh, there's Bad Bad, there's so much stuff. And I think, Obi-Wan I think, is such though, a, I think it's going to be similar to Rebels where we get a it, it's going to have to be at least 50 percent. Right. Because they can't just have they can't just have a series about Obi-Wan Kenobi and have it 33 percent Obi-Wan Kenobi and then the rest of everything else. I think there is going to be a lot of stuff that is the Inquisitors searching after him and bounty hunters going after him and stuff like that. I feel like he's going to be on the run for the most part and trying to find people who are loyal to, you know, the Jedi order and the old Republic. But uh, no, I agree. I I don't expect it to be all Obi-Wan Kenobi the whole, all the time. And the, and you know, I feel bad for the people who think that it is going to be because they're just going to be disappointed. Right. You know, we were expecting something decent with Boba Fett 
And what did we get? We got like, I don't know, probably collectively 40 minutes of some slow-mo like dream type sequence with no dialogue. You know, and story arcs of like, you don't care about Boba Fett in that series. Right. So if they turn yeah, them to die, <laughs> I know. Right. If they turn Obi-Wan Kenobi, if they turn the Kenobi series into a, I don't know, like a great escape type film where you you're rooting for the character to escape because we know if we know both sides of the story, right? Like if we know what he's up against, but he doesn't kind of thing, then we're you, you end up rooting for them. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is pretty much invincible, <laughs> right? Like he's so we know that he's going to survive and everything, but I don't think that uh, they can they can play it off as him. Like he needs to get hurt, <laughs> right? Like to make it to make it feel for the viewers, like so, so, to allow the viewers to feel like they um, like they care for him, right? Yeah, no, no, I, like I, I 100% uh, agree. So where I will leave kind of my Obi-Wan argument, because I think it's, I really hope it, it works better than I thought it would. All right, I think it might. I just, I hope if you're going to, if you're going to bridge, bridge to something that people are going to be interested, don't bridge back to older IPs or characters. Let's try and do something new. And if you're going to do this right, please don't ruin our childhood. Like, what are you going to do? Go in and edit? Well, actually, fucking Disney would do this. They would go in and re-edit A New Hope <laughs> and just yeah, change it be like, man, I haven't seen Obi-Wan since we fought on that spire down in Tatooine. Like, yeah. Fuck off. I think uh, I think though we're going to see a lot of rehashed characters from Rebels in here, just from with the Inquisitors and and all those things. Yeah, um, let's talk about Mission Impossible. It's, it must be that time again. Mission Impossible 1000 is coming to a theater near you. <laughs> you know what? I, I thought that with the last Mission Impossible movie, um, that was going to be the end, right? Because he essentially lost everything he loves. And I broke know. his leg doing a basic stunt. Oh, he didn't. It wasn't a basic stunt. He was jumping across from one building to another. Fair. So fair, anyways, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Mission Impossible Seven, the uh, the trailer launched the other day. Is Seven Mission and Impossible... Eight going to be the end of it? Like I feel I like that's actually what's happening. I, I do not know. Um, the thing is, is like Mission Impossible Six. They made that. They made that seem like it was the end of Mission Impossible, right? But this is just another one. So the thing is, is like let's compare the trailers. <laughs> From Mission Impossible Fallout to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Because, you know, movies have to do that. They have to have Part 1 and Part 2 of movies. Um, I watched this trailer and I didn't really think... It didn't get me excited. 
for a Mission Impossible movie because it's just the music is really kind of not there. It's really like somber with somebody, some evil guy talking over quietly. Well, well, what did I say to you when you asked me if I saw the trailer? You said no. And did it, <laughs> if you recall, I, I gave you a reason as to why. You said you just kind of lost interest in the Mission Impossible movies. Exactly. And right? like, do you think this this action-packed trailer got me interested? No. Well, do you know what trailer, that was? The trailer, yes, okay, it was action-packed, but it, it wasn't exciting in the sense of, like, Mission Impossible Fallout had a great soundtrack in the trailer. You know, She Who Shall Not Be Named watched the trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout so many times to the point where she had it memorized and <laughs> interesting and we had we had to see the movie on opening night you know because there was that excitement um i haven't shown her this trailer so i don't know if she's going to uh, get that excited for this one but it just doesn't have the same energy i feel and and maybe it's because tom cruise is um you know like 73 <laughs> and uh it's just like he's still doing his own stunts and stuff like that but like it doesn't really tell us the story at all like what's the point of this one right like when in mission impossible fallout we knew that uh you know it's this his past was coming to haunt him right like he was you know someone was very very angry at him and you know taking it out on innocent people you know as as evil people do but this one just doesn't really have like obviously i'm gonna go see it i think it'd be fun to see in the movies like that's what these movies are they're just kind of can't be fun action flicks that don't really have any uh coherent story the only thing that goes that connects through them is uh his sidekicks his posse well a lot of them are the same are they not yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the yeah. only thing that really connects and like a few a few references here and there. But um, I was like, OK, cool. Like they're going to do another uh, another Mission Possible movie. And then at the very end, when they say the title and then it says part one. I was like, oh, my God, are they pulling a Katniss Everdeen? Um, <laughs> those gotta... movies are good, so no. Um <laughs> The trailer that got you know, me like, more excited, yeah, was was yeah, like you were saying, like Mission Impossible Fallout, but a lot of it had to do with the music. Well, that's right? what I was saying. Like this one is like very somber and doesn't really have sure. Like it, it just doesn't match the feel for what the movie is, or at no, least it, what the trailer is doing. It, it seems to me like they're just trying to beat a dead horse. Did you see the trailer for? I, I want to say it's called Mister Gray. Mister Greg gray no i haven't um oh damn i've got the name of the movie wrong it is the new uh russo brothers movie the gray man the gray man yes the gray man where america's ass has become america's asshole and he is a bad guy oh that's the the one where what's his name is bad yeah now if you were to look at these two trailers side by each without logos on them, without any sound or um, subtitles. The Gray Man looks more like a Mission Impossible movie. Wait, than Mission that's, Impossible. 
That looks like oh, there he is. I was gonna say that looks like Ryan Gosling. It is Ryan Gosling. <laughs> it is okay. I'm like why? And- I thought that was Chris Evans, but it was no Ryan Gosling, and Chris Evans is the bad dude. Okay. Yeah, and it's funny too because um, if you saw Knives Out, Chris Evans and Anna De Armas are now in a, another movie together. Mm-hmm. You know how you know how I can tell that Chris Evans is the bad guy, even without really seeing anything in the story of this or even listening to this it's because he's got a mustache (laughs) did he have a mustache in knives out i can't remember uh no but that's what um what's his name did spider superman in mission possible fallout henry cavill henry cavill he had a mustache in that movie too (laughs) and he ended up being a bad guy what is it about mustaches that makes you a bad guy or I guess not just well because what's his name? Uh, does does the Falcon? No, he's got a he's got a goatee. So he, never mind, that doesn't count. Anthony Mackie should be a bad guy in most movies. Let's be realistic here. Anthony Mackie, did you see that movie where he was uh, he was the like cyborg? the super soldier? Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that one? Wasn't that a t- like a series? No, no, it was a movie. It wasn't very good. It. It wasn't it like it had its interesting parts, but then it kind of turned typical at the end. But anyways, Mission Impossible Fallout, <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. When does that come out next year? Yeah, twenty twenty three. Yeah, Why, like we're we're not even six months into this year, and they're already showing trailers for movies coming out next year. Yeah. Uh, one last movie thing before we talk about the latest in the drama of sony um you remember how we were talking at the beginning of the year that when disney's beloved winnie the pooh while they could keep the trademarks he has become public domain because he's so old Mm -hmm. did you see that there is a winnie the pooh horror movie in the works um (laughs) is there a trailer out for that because i need to watch that not yet it is just it's rumored that a winnie the pooh blood and honey horror movie in the works oh my god i'm just i'm worried about when Mickey Mouse becomes public domain. What's going to happen? Like, will Disney lose all its power and credibility? I don't know. I I don't think. I don't know, because I know that there was. Um, I know that there was a new like law that's trying to push where public domain becomes happens sooner. Yeah, but Disney's also fighting other legal battles right now because. Right? Um, I I believe it's the don't say gay bill. Disney is not supporting it while the Florida governors are. So they're trying to take away their free land or their land exemption to have like their own emergency services and everything on site, mm-hmm. which is such a like you took my ball. Fuck you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Disney World without their own like mini hospital? Could you imagine not having emergency services on Disneyland? Disneyland is like in a, a city. If you've seen the that's Disney true. documentaries, it's like crazy. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty much it. I know uh, you're a little boiled. You're a little, you're a little hot under the collar about a uh, Sony this time, and it's, it's not necessarily. <laughs> so, well, in some of the comments on Reddit for the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, you know, this one's saying turning something from children's media dark and edgy is one of the laziest, cheapest, most boring forms of creativity. It's barely creativity. It's like badly painting a wall of your house saying, look, I transformed this house. Actually, you know what? You can transform a room with a fresh set of 
fresh coat of paint. But I like this one. First you get the honey, then you get the power, then you get the woman. And then someone commented on that, then you get the pushy. <laughs> Right. I think it's gonna be like. Can you imagine if it's like a, a like a more human looking human uh, Winnie the Pooh? But with oh my like, god! If, you know, my guess is like that it's gonna be Pennywise someone teeth. just wearing someone wearing a Winnie the Pooh mask, right? Like it's just gonna be someone. I have a feeling it's gonna be the typical, you know, teens in uh, at a cottage or something like that. And a bunch of people just are wearing wearing the Winnie the Pooh mask. And maybe, I don't know, we'll get Eeyore in there and Tigger, right? Let's just be Eeyore's no longer depressed. He's juiced. Yeah, he's fucking, he's just like ripped. And he's all like, yeah, let's go fucking kill some teens. <laughs> oh, speaking of depressed, Sony added again at least well not really added again they just never stopped never stopped stopping so uh the new playstation plus services launched in asia in like hong kong and other asian countries not including japan uh earlier this week and it has been quite the shit show for lack of better terms uh, apparently, people who have been now things have been changing. Uh, so this is like kind of the accumulation of a week's worth of news and stuff. So Sony allows the offerings to upgrade from, say, like PlayStation Plus Essential to a higher tier and which would require you paying the difference. Uh, apparently, people in uh, some of these places were saying that uh, the price for PlayStation Plus, the upgrade. Um, it let me see where did the up where was the original story? Okay, so apparently, um, people were being quoted hundreds of dollars to upgrade from the PlayStation Plus Essential to PlayStation Plus Extras or Deluxe, um, because they were negating any previous discount on their earlier PlayStation Plus purchases, if that makes sense. So if someone had purchased a PlayStation Plus subscription at 50% off, at the time they were being charged for the upgrade plus that added discounted price, which was negating any discounts completely. Um, which doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, and I, I was reading some uh, comments on Reddit and one user had emailed customer support saying that, uh, and, and the customer support response was, if you upgraded or if you purchased PlayStation Plus at a discounted rate, then the upgrade price would include the added discount, if that makes sense. Like you'd have to pay for that discounted amount plus the upgrade amount. Uh, but then also people who redeemed prepaid codes would not be able to upgrade which was like okay this is a whole crock of shit so, so you're telling me that i can't upgrade because i used a prepaid code in order right to and that's mine? what they were saying that's essentially what they're saying so okay so here's an example um this was 
A Sony support email from Hong Kong employees spotted by someone online appears to confirm the platform holder will erode discounts on previously purchased subscriptions when users look to upgrade their players. PS plus memberships. So the message, which was translated by Google says, this is from the customer service. If you need to upgrade to the second tier, second or third tier of the membership, you need to make up for the difference in the previous discounted price first to return to the normal price. For example, a one year PlayStation plus membership was Hong Kong dollars, 308. And the discounted price was $187 and 60 cents. So the difference would be $120.40 divided by the number of remaining months. So with those stacked subscriptions, it will not only have to pay the full term of the membership up front to upgrade, but will also have any discounts previously previously earned eradicated. <laughs> so you bought something at a discount and then you want to upgrade. Now you have to pay for the difference between that discounted price and what the full price was when you originally purchased your membership. And then on top of that, pay the, uh, the upgrade fee. Now, a few hours later, someplace, uh, Hong Kong users had posted pictures saying, uh, one user on, or actually, uh, this was on the PS five India, um, Twitter. So one of the users posted that the deluxe upgrade is no longer requiring them to compensate Sony for their PlayStation Plus discount. Um, so there's two photos of the same thing, the upgrade, and the price changed a bit. And then Sony finally responded uh, on uh, Oops. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> this is so funny. Due to a technical error, players in Asia who have previously purchased a PlayStation Plus membership at a discount have been incorrectly charged for their upgrade pricing. This error has been fixed and impacted players will receive a credit. We thank you for your patience. Now, here's the thing. Sony knew very well that this is what was happening. They programmed the system to do that. Right? Like they they had to. Otherwise, it would just say, okay, you have your membership and this is how much you the next tier is. And this is the base fee for that. Right? Someone made the conscious decision to add in that added discount stuff. And I think and a lot of people are on the same page as me. This is why they released it in these Asian areas first before rolling it out into Japan and Europe and North America. Probably because their player base, um, their their player base is substantially smaller. So the shitstorm <laughs> is going to be, well, has been smaller and they're able to deal with it sooner. Right. But, the fact that they even thought that that would be a good idea just boggles my mind. It's like when Microsoft, remember when they were trying to get rid of uh, Xbox Live Gold? Yeah. Or they were and then, they were increasing the price of Xbox Live Gold or something, some shit like that. Didn't that retraction come within a half hour? Oh, it was like within like, an hour or something hours. like that. It was, it was like, something it was ridiculous really because everyone online just like lost their shit because there's a lot of people that still rely on Xbox Live Gold and the price for it and and I, oh, they were getting rid of the one year membership and they were increasing the price and you could only pay, buy it at like three month intervals or something like that, or one and three month intervals. It was something stupid. So anyway, so yeah, Microsoft, someone at Microsoft thought that this was a, a good idea and they had to recede that. But you remember back in the PlayStation 
I guess it was the PlayStation 3 and 360 days, right? Oh, the good old days. Well, at the time, Microsoft was the one that was like the greedy one, right? Like there's microtransactions out the wazoo, DLC on everything, like paid DLC and stuff like that. Like they had, it was, the platform was just there and they were trying to make as much money as they could. Whereas Sony at the time, regardless of whether you were, uh, which system you were playing with, Sony was more of a player centric for the players. Wait, hold on. Am I getting this right? Yeah. No, it was the other way around. Anyways. Yeah, I I was was going to say. Yeah, it was the other way around. Microsoft was really good with, uh, with the, for the player stuff. And Sony was, had a lot of like, costly stuff anyways well fast Sony forward had to the my home right or what was, what was it called my playstation home, you, home. yeah yeah i i bought the ghostbuster house i'll yeah. never be able to own it what is it like an nft now but like i had one yeah i know right um and then the playstation 4 and the xbox one sony was the more player friendly one Right. Like Microsoft had all this like online check in stuff, all of the drama at the launch of the Xbox one, a whole bunch of stuff like so Sony was the the winner in that one. They were doing things that were more consumer friendly just in general. And then it switched again, whereas now with the Xbox series lines of consoles and the PS5, Microsoft is the one that is kind of more in line with what the consumers want and what gamers want with you know like game pass and 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 uh even the availability of the consoles and and just adding things like uh you know like their game streaming services and and updating games to allow touch controls for people who want to stream their xbox games onto their phones and stuff like that whereas sony is the greedy ones here right like everything is like being nickel and dimed like how many games did you buy or have on xbox that got free upgrades quite a bit most i would say uh, most, one delivery right? right i would say most of them whereas even with sony like there's maybe 50 percent of the games that i have um that had on ps4 that had ps5 upgrades they were free upgrades yeah right just like from that aspect right like so microsoft and right now has kind of built that that uh into the ecosystem of the the xbox now we're seeing more games that are coming out just for xbox series x or series s which is kind of going back on what microsoft said where like they're it's not really a generation thing it's more of a an ecosystem where all the games should be backwards compatible but we know that that's just going to hold back developers in the long run but the fact that Sony... Uh, I don't think so, because even I if think, you look at the way Gotham Knights looks, developers are just going to be like, fuck it, we're only going to make it for the new stuff. Well, and that's that's the thing, though, is like if, they, if they're trying to make a game that looks the best that it can, it's going to hold them back on creating the best-looking game on a previous generation of the console. That's what I'm saying. Not like it's not going to hold them back from developing stuff. It's just going to make... They're, they're going to have to make a lesser quality product from what their their vision is with the hardware that they have. Right. But with this whole PlayStation plus thing, like it's just being a big mess. And and obviously we'll see in what, like two weeks uh, when it launches in North America, how it really pans out. But I mean, if it's not going well already, 
I have <laughs> even less hopes for how it's going to pan out in North America. June 12th will be an interesting day because I think the PlayStation stuff will be out for about a week because it isn't supposed to launch here on like the 6th or 7th. Some, I thought it was the 13th. Earlier, 13th. Okay, so it'll be... Wow. Okay, Microsoft is a bunch of assholes then because the day before Sony's new tiered system, Microsoft's releasing an entire showcase. Awesome. Um... I'm interested to see how Microsoft is going to kind of handle this because with Game Pass, Game Pass is already, I I just, I can't see this Sony PlayStation Plus being a superior product to Game Pass. And that's as somebody who has, well, we'll have both because now I'll never have to really buy games again, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have to wonder if, Microsoft is going to introduce another tier to Game Pass. And well, I, what that's what be? I'm afraid of. I don't know. Maybe it's like you want launch titles, you have to pay $5 more a month. But like, uh, I think that I, would also divide the product. It would. And I think Microsoft has, they have enough market research done for Game Pass that I think they know it is working, right? Like they are, are, getting more and more subscribers. It's not like they're being stagnant. It's not like they're pulling a, a Netflix, right? And losing subscribers because they're not having the content. They're they're adding the content and it just in, is increasing the value of the subscription fee. Whereas with Sony, we still haven't really got a complete lineup of games that are included in any of the tiers. So we, we can't really determine the value of each tiered subscription. And there's still a lot of smoke and mirrors about the upgrades and how it's going to work for people who have, have um, subscriptions to both PlayStation now PlayStation, PlayStation plus, right? Like I know that there's been documentation online, but nothing is set in stone until you know, June 13th and everything's upgraded, right? You'd, and everything switches over. You'd think a multi-million dollar company like this would at least give you two weeks notice before your product changed. Because technically speaking, the liability of any sort of company does has to have to give you a notification if your play, like your prices are going to change for any service that they are providing and or continuing discontinuing. So in the case of PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now, PlayStation Now is no longer going to exist, right? It's going to be PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And then with all their silly little stupid names. I actually think I got an I, here like, it is. I got an email back for on your PlayStation Now or Plus. For Hold on. Uh yeah, PlayStation for both actually. Hmm, I didn't get one. I April 29th. Job. I guess maybe because I have PlayStation now. It says June 13th is the day your PlayStation membership will change. Hi, David's online PlayStation username. <laughs> <laughs> we want to let you know that June from June 13th, the PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now memberships are changing. Your PlayStation Now benefits will become part of a new PlayStation Plus service with a wider range of benefits. Okay, so that's what uh, that's what it was. It's probably because I have PlayStation Now already. Yeah, that's why I, I got this. I just so, looked through my email and I do not see a single thing saying PlayStation Plus. 
So it says the terms that govern your current subscription will change at launch to reflect the changes in the service. The terms will apply to your new combined subscription from launch. Uh, you can cancel either or both of your subscriptions at any time before the new PlayStation Plus service launches. After the new service launches, you'll be able to cancel you, your new combined subscription. So you can cancel before, but just like any other, like it would still transfer over and be combined. Right. So it's not like they're offering uh, store credit or discounts or, or refunds on remaining time. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did technically, I guess, for PlayStation Now users who have both. Um, since they sent an email out, but it doesn't really say anything about price or the price will change. Um. Yeah, it says nothing. Says nothing about the price difference or anything like that. the The, the prices in the United States are seventeen ninety nine a month, forty nine ninety nine a quarter, so on par with Game Pass. But it's it's forty nine ninety nine Canadian for Game Pass and uh, one nineteen. Um, I, I can tell you, I'm I'm driving over to the states next week. I think I'm going to buy some cards because <laughs> even yeah, with the exchange rate, it's still going to be cheaper. Is it? Yeah. Well, if the if the price of an item is still cheaper before exchange, then obviously I'm going to buy them over there. I'll have to look into it, but I'm fairly well, certain there's at least a ten dollar discrepancy. A hundred and twenty U.S. dollars is the equivalent of one hundred and fifty three dollars Canadian. Okay, let me just take a quick look at Target's website because we like to be uh, thorough here, and Target <laughs> is the only place you go to when you're in America. Right. So I guess they're still called PlayStation points, right? PS. Well, no, like it'd be the PlayStation plus cards. PlayStation but gift see... card. Okay. So you can buy 25 to a hundred dollars. So it looks like the currency is the same. Uh, PlayStation plus 12 month digital membership. 59.99. What is it here? 79. Yeah. 69. Yeah. So only 10 bucks. But. If that's upgradable, that's saving me money. This is true. But you can buy cheaper. You can buy cheaper PlayStation Plus keys online. I got mine through CD keys for $49.99 for a year. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's 42 bucks right now in US. Yeah. Dang. Dang, son. Good old Anyways, CD keys. Good well, old Sony for screwing the pooch again. Yeah. Well, speaking of Sony, let's see if anything's coming out. We still don't have our games jingle i don't even know what we want to use we should use something fun well no we got to use our classic one where you have to be uh, weary of pre-orders and and buying new games That's all right play it one. up picking up strangers now let me tell you about the dangers if you don't like taking chances then you better keep moving on my friend that's right. New month. Well, yeah, June's June's coming up, and that means new games for the month of June, and that means that we're going to talk about uh, the the ones that are sticking out with their thumbs up, wanting to be so picked up. <laughs> two games, really, but we'll, we'll 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 quickly run through a few. Um, iOS Droid and Windows is getting Diablo Immortal. Cool. Meh. little diablo that's like, rpg that's, like the, that's fun well that's like the mobile one so yeah it's free to play 
What was Looper's? Oh, it's a, it's a JRPG and anime for thing. Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Tour Tour de France 22. So you can ride a bike. Uh, you can pretend to be active. Yeah. How come there's a the link for that? Chairs? That bothers Very, me a lot. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right. The big games are coming out on June 10th. We've got The Quarry. It's a survival horror. It actually looks pretty cool. Um, but mm. it's not the biggest one that's coming out. Do you remember the trailer that they showed for this? At E3? Oh, what, the cor- for the quarry? Yeah. 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 It it looks pretty cool. I I am really interested in getting it. It's made by Supermassive Games, the same company that uh was bought well, by guess, Sony. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh they did like the what were they? The Man of Median, the Dark Pictures anthology, um, which is like there's yeah, like their uh, horror franchise. Another one. This is Isn't kind of like a, the Friday the Thirteenth people. I believe so. No, no, no. They did. Uh, no, this is more of um. They they use Friday the Thirteenth and some of those like other camp style teen horrors as uh, what's it called as inspiration to some of these movies, uh, these games. But these are more like very animated highly detailed think of uh like quantic dreams games yeah like uh detroit become humans stuff like that but this is all horror stuff this is the query is a spiritual successor to until dawn which was uh which was a lot of fun that's a good game so yeah that comes out june 10th and then nothing else really very good that day yeah, um, Demon Slayer has a game coming out for Nintendo Switch, so Demon Slayer fans will really love that. The Switch is actually going to be the big winner of the month, I believe, um, for two reasons. One, for a game that comes out on the 23rd, but also Mario Strikers Battle League. I've had this one marked on my calendar. Yeah, that comes out June 10th as well. We were lying. Oh, damn, we told everyone that there would be no lies this episode. Damn. <laughs> oh, well. Can't win them all. Um. Ooh. So I remember seeing this in the Nintendo Direct, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever." What have you noticed since that Nintendo Direct? Uh, that there has been absolutely zero advertisements for this game. Yeah, are you a little concerned? Because I am. Um. You know what. Maybe smells maybe a delay. Not. I think I don't think so. We would have known if it was delayed by now. I think it's because my uh, Microsoft because uh, Nintendo knows that it's going to sell that they pretty much don't need to do any advertisement. Yeah, hopefully. I hope it's a good game. I probably am not going to rush out to get it now, though. It just if I get it, I get it. I'll probably get it near the end of the summer, though. Summers for me aren't for a ton of video games, especially with the busy summer I have over the next two months. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to play it. Um, fall Guys, we talked about this last week. Sorry, I don't know why my brain stopped while I was looking at the word Fall Guys. Um, it's because it's you're upset that to, I went free to play. Maybe, but it's now I'm not upset at the same time because now I can experience this game with more people because the game has kind of died and stalled off. So hopefully this brings some new life. They can put a new season or two together and kind of run it like Fortnite or Warzone or other mm-hmm. battle Royale style games that depend on crypto, not cryptocurrency microtransactions. <laughs> holy fuck. Um, it's a fun game. Have you played it? 
uh fall guys yeah yeah and and it was fun for just she who shall not be named to watch because it's just so ridiculous right but it is a fun game and um you know i think it especially coming out on the nintendo switch obviously it's an online game so you need to have that some sort of wi-fi connection to play it but i think it will make it uh, a lot more accessible for people to kind of like play on the go you know like if you're at the airport you can just load up and play some fall guys i know that's what i'm going to be playing i'm going on my adventure to see you (laughs) i I am hopeful though that cross play doesn't oh this is gonna sound so so have have naughty but I don't think you you'd have an optimal time having crossplay with Switch and other consoles, unless you are playing with like a pro controller. Why? I I don't know. I don't feel like you could really like you grip the controller pretty hard in Fall Guys. Well, we'll find out, right? Because it's not going to cost us anything. But you know what? I really hope for though that anything that I've unlocked on the PlayStation version can carry over. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. That just seems like the the it's just not all, happening. It's, all, it's just all cosmetic stuff, right? But that's the thing. It's like if it's free to play and it's going cross-platform, they're obviously going to have some sort of universal login for that. So I don't see why all my cosmetic upgrades wouldn't be unlocked on any other platform. Well, I hope so. But yeah. you also don't have... like. If you try and do that with Fortnite, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, well, that's so, Fortnite. Um, the other game coming out on the 21st, I'm kind of excited for for Switch because I liked the game on PlayStation was Wreckfest. It's going to look you like just, garbage. Oh, it's going to look awful. It's going to be terrible. Mm. But most things that go to the Switch do look terrible, and I'm sorry to say that. Except the game coming out on the 23rd. Let's talk about Sonic Origins for a second. Sonic Origins to me is going to be a either very big hit or a very big miss. I'm hopeful <laughs> Microsoft. Only, those uses, are the two options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are you are correct. You you're very bang on. This game to me seems like it's more of a stretch than the scope of the Sonic games can handle. Now we've been wrong in the past and you and I weren't even reviewing games or anything back then, but Sonic Adventure Battle 2 was one of the greatest Sonic games ever, and no game has really been able to replicate it. There was like Sonic Riders. Well, there was that other kind of half-open world one that came out for, um, was it the Wii? Or Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it's called, though. Sonic something. So there have been games that have attempted this. But now we're looking at an open world game coming out for all platforms. Hold on. Am I hopeful? We're, we're not even looking at the same game. You're right. Oh, my God. I'm thinking about the wrong <laughs> one. Holy. You just let me go. What is wrong with you? Well, I didn't know what you were getting at. Because, okay, Sonic Origins is just like a remaster of Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic CD, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Sonic 3. What are you talking about? The Sonic open world game that's coming out. But now I what forget its fucking name. Oh, my God. Uh, Sonic Frontiers is what I'm thinking about. Damn it. Yeah, I, I haven't even heard of that one. 
That's okay. funny. Back away slowly. Redacted. <laughs> Redacted. Right, moving on. Redacted. <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> Captain Fighting Collection is coming out uh, on the the twenty fourth. That's uh, for people who have who like those Capcom fighting games. Uh, it's a compilation fighter, much like Sonic uh, Sonic Origins. <laughs> it's just a bunch of older games in one collection. Uh, Dark Soccer's, uh, Pocket Fighter, and some other stuff in there. So, so let's talk more about Sonic Origins, shall we? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't believe that. I was like, like all the things made sense too. I was like, oh, it's coming out on all the ga- the consoles. This is going to be a big thing. I hope it's a launch title. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is coming out on the 30th. That's, a, I think, the sequel. Yeah, that's a sequel to the Monster Hunter Rise game that came out on Nintendo Switch. That's coming out on Windows and Nintendo Switch. Um, and there are potentially three games. Sorry, four games that are don't have a release date specifically, um, which means that they might not come out in June. But one specific one that I'm interested in is Lego Brawls. I thought you were going to say that. Have you played the mobile? No, it's out so on mobile. There is, it is a mobile game, but it is now come. I believe it's also on Steam, I want to say. Uh, but it's just another Smash Brothers port. Just like yeah, but, everything else is right now. Well, yeah, um, but it's Lego. It's it's kind of cool looking. I do hope that um, when it hits consoles, it's fun. But after playing the alpha of uh, multiverses, I'm mm-hmm. more excited for that. That game, I will tell you right now, when it is ready, it is going to be phenomenally fun. It is so, like the character interaction is so great. They're all programmed to interact with each character and they're using real voice actors. Lego, oh, nice. I don't I don't know what they're going to do fully. Have you seen the trailers or anything for this game? Yeah, yeah, it 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 looks kind of it looks fun. Um, I think that the cool thing with Lego is that they have so many things to pick from, from their different Lego sets and different characters and the possibilities are endless. Right. So I feel like if they support it, if it takes off, um, there's potential for this to be a, a pretty big and long term supported game. Yeah. It does look like a little bit like it's more than just the fighting as well. So I haven't played much of the mobile. I played like a few battles on it. Then I deleted it because I was like, this is kind of whatever. But I also don't like playing that kind of game on my phone. Yeah, I wouldn't play on my phone. When I look at some of the the footage from the game, I get kind of that little subspace, uh, subspace emissaries vibe where you have to like work as a brawler to get through like some platforming, which looks kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, but mobile phone games have actually really improved over the last little bit. Like I'm playing two kind of nonstop right now and I'm having a lot of fun being immersed in them. So it's different. Um, for those yeah, who are wondering, I, I download games on my phone and then I forget that I have them on there because Samsung likes to move all games into their game launcher. Dicks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I've been playing a lot of brawl stars lately. So it's fun little battle royale. 
where you get little characters. They all have different kind of um, abilities. Some are support, some are damage dealers. So you can play like team games or you can play one v one in 10 player games. A lot of fun. But Apple Arcade just released a game which uh, I sent you some footage of called mm-hmm. Warped Cart Racers. And it is it has it has Fox IPs, which is really cool. So the base game right now has Family Guy, uh, Solar Opposites, King of the Hill, and um, American Dad. It's pretty funny. The voice acting is all in there, which is really cool. The tracks are like from the games they are. So if you're playing the Family Guy levels, you're actually doing like levels inside Quahog, which is really neat. It's a lot of fun, but it's only yeah. Apple Arcade, and I think that's limiting some of its player base. Yeah, like it needs to come out on some sort of home console or uh, or at least uh, on uh, Android phones as well. But if Apple's paying for the development, Apple's paying for the development, right? Yeah, that's true. So I think that's it for this one, eh? Do we have anything else we uh, want to hit, cover, or dive into? Um, no. I'm tired of this episode now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I'm tired in general. So with that being said, we want to thank you guys for listening. For myself and David. He's so cool. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.